0: Right, go ahead, and talk. Mm-hmm. Say you're listening to the Word Bros podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs>
1: Say you're listening to the Word Bros podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you are listening to the Word Bros podcast. <laughs> the
0: This week on Word Bros, we speak with the man, the myth, the legend, the Eisner-nominated author of Rock Candy Mountain, of Sex Castle, of Kill em All, and Rick and Morty stepdaddy Kyle Starks. This is a really long interview, so we're just going to get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you in all of his splendor and glory, the very talented, the very wonderful Kyle Starks. there's kyle starks i see your little head
2: (laughs) we gotta wait for the audio to kick in yeah you might be able to hear us but we can't hear you yet i think i did it there it is there you are video chat guys what are you monsters
0: yes dude we're hot we're hot to death son it's easier this way this way we don't talk over each other because i can see your actual mouth moving and i'll stop talking i don't like it (laughs) <laughs> you know, but, I mean, then I get to see your handsome face and your dungeon that you work in, apparently. This is your comic <laughs> slash sex dungeon? This is the interview dungeon. Oh, nice. Okay.
3: All right. The kids are, it's, it's late here. It's late here, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Kids are asleep. Wife is wearing down. I got to go down to the fucking basement.
0: Like the the, storms, <laughs> the storm cellar, dude? <laughs> it's just a regular basement. Looks good. Looks good. It looks good.
3: Now, it's Kyle, it's just full of – ooh. It's too dark. This is boxes of comics everywhere is all that, it is.
0: That's pretty <laughs> rad, dude. I like it. I like it. It's storage. And now, Kyle, uh, I've been waiting to say this to a, uh, an interviewee for a very long time. Just go. Just be you. Just talk. You're, you're so much fun to talk and, uh, 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 to talk to and to listen to and to be around that I just want you to do as much you as possible. So, right, man. So go. Cool, be, cool. Be Kyle Starks. Do it. Start talking. Uh, okay. Start talking. <laughs> right now? Yeah, we're recording, sure. buddy. We're going right now. Yeah, we're recording right now. We're
4: live.
3: Ease me into it a little bit, guys. Come on. Uh, sure.
0: Just, no problems. Just, um, just rough and ready, Kyle Starks. Rough the first, first lead in is Doesn't
2: Bobby look like he's like an 80s computer hacker? Like he's in war games or something? A little bit. He's got a red tint going on. he's, yeah. he's developing some photographs right now.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have to say, Kyle, if you want me to ease you into it, I will. You are one of my favorite people in comics. You're so much fun to be around. You're such a talented cat. Your books are are wonderful. Uh, Rock Candy Mountain is out now. What your first trade just came out. The so that's fantastic. I also, uh, Sex Castle is wonderful. You were nominated for an Eisner for God's sakes. You are uh, just sure. just an amazingly talented man and you're the Rick and Morty boy as you like to refer to yourself as, right? I'm their stepdaddy, that's yeah. what I like to say. You are the Rick and Morty stepdaddy. You are one of my most favorite people in this industry and it's an honor and a privilege to have you on. So welcome to Word Bros, Kyle Starks. Well, I'm glad to be here. I, I, I like both of you guys, so I agreed to do it. So, do you normally have to like the interviewers to do the a, an interview, or if you're the one who? No, I do whatever interview.
3: I'll do it. <laughs> uh, but it's it's nice when it's a friendly face. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that is true. It's, it nice is it's true. It's, it's nice when you know it's uh, it's someone who who uh, gets their hands dirty in the same medium a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Usually, you get better questions that way. No. So that's pretty exciting for me. Little did I know, with that anticipation, I'd be getting zero questions. <laughs> Really pulled the rug out from under me on this one, guys.
0: Question. Well, well all right, Kevin, Kevin, you ask your Kyle Starks question, and I'll tell you why I was uh, prepared. Go ahead for, and talk, uh, tell everyone why. No, no, no. You okay. get your you get your question out of the way first. Get your question out of the way first, Kevin. Just ask. What, what, no, no. I'll wait. I can wait. I, no. Okay. When I first met you, Kyle, I met you. <laughs> I met you at um all yeah Comics in Muncie, Indiana, for the signing yeah. we did together last year. And normally, when I when we do these things, and I do signings like this, the other person I'm sitting next to is normally kind of like a wallflower. They don't really say much. They don't do much. So the whole way there, I'm preparing myself like, all right, I got to be on. I got to be on. I got to talk. I got to talk to everybody. I got to be ready to go. And I was hyping myself up to do this. And I walked in and you're sitting there and you just went, man. You were on fire all day. And I said, this is the easiest fucking signing I've ever been to. This is yeah, amazing. I been harass, harassing people for three hours. It was so <laughs> much fun to be a part of it. Like I was just sitting there looking like, man, this guy is just great. Like I had such a wonderful time listening to you go that it was just wonderful to be around. It's nice when you don't have to be on and I didn't have to be on that day because you were there and I was so appreciative and so happy.
3: Yeah, man, I, you know, I think, I think all of those encounters should be uh, fun for literally everyone involved. So I try to make them as fun for me. I mean, I do whatever I want. I, there's really the freedom <laughs> of not giving a shit. Really, what you that a lot? But I think uh, it makes it it makes it more entertaining for everybody. I think we met. Then we did Lexington, right? That, right? Well, yeah, we were yeah, at Lexington
0: yeah, Lex- too. Yes, because yeah. then we hung out a little bit at Lexington, and then you saw Kevin eat really spicy chicken, and you were imp- <laughs> and you were impressed by that. And uh, yeah, and then
4: it, we- it was. I was like, I was like,
0: look at the masculinity of this fellow. <laughs>
2: Look, look at the uh, unbridled strength of his gullet. <laughs> Which was funny because Bobby was like, you're going to regret it later. You're going to regret it later. And I was like.
0: And he, never, he didn't. He just, he's a stomach, I, a steel stomach, Kevin. It's the, the it's the beard. It's the beard. It's the beard. It all comes from the beard. It all works <laughs> its way up. I don't know. I didn't have the
2: beard in Louisiana, but that's where it developed. So I'm <laughs> from Louisiana, but I went with friends of mine and I was like, and the, everything there is spicy. So you kind of Get, you either don't eat while you're there or you get used to it. So Okay, and <laughs> you chose the latter. Yeah,
4: I did. <laughs> I'm going
3: into uh, chicken time for a minute, but uh, <laughs> I just did a show in Louisville, and uh, my dude there was like, uh, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you got? you got hot chicken or whatever? And he's like, yeah, because I, I mentioned uh, Joelle's, right? Isn't that the name of that? I'm yes, like, Joelle's. Yes. Yes. I was like, oh, you know, Lexington's great. Lexington such good food, and there's Joelle's. He's like, oh, if you want hot chicken, we'll get hot chicken and we'll go to this place called Royals I was like you know he's just it's gonna be just as good as Joel is
1: yeah right
3: it's gonna be very good Uh, Incred guys that's some good ass fucking hot chicken (laughs) (laughs) go to Royals hot chicken it was amazing I took a picture of it and I don't take pictures of the things I eat because (laughs) I feel like everyone else on earth has that covered it was so good I was like I want to take a picture like that's how good it was I was like this requires me to do this thing I
0: don't even do (laughs) (laughs) you were so compelled by the chicken you were forced to take a photo of it that's amazing what was the before this chicken meal that you had what was the last meal that you had taken a picture of
3: i i have no idea i know really? what it was i know what it was i had a korean barbecue in new york city for the first time okay oh, did
2: you like bulgogi I thought I might, was that what it was? I don't no, know no, what it no, was. That's what, that's what it is. Bulgogi. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's what it's called. I thought it was there at a restaurant. No, no, like, no. I yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, how did you know I was there? That's so weird. I'm not I,
2: know, like, I just know what, you know, I know Korean. Uh, it was. I, I was, I'm, I am your biggest stalker. Bobby's your biggest uh, fan. I'm your biggest stalker. Well,
4: uh,
3: you know what?
2: I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, I don't want to
3: be very, I, I'm a, I'm, I come from very white, white trash, uh, <laughs> Like a, like a background. So look, man, my, my palate isn't as refined. Uh, I'm diabetic, so I can't eat anything. But I left Korean barbecue thinking I would much rather have a Brazilian steakhouse. Because you know what? Here's the thing about the Korean barbecue is it stops.
1: Yes.
4: I don't yes. like that.
3: I don't want
4: you to just it, it stop
3: at some point because I know there's an alternative where it doesn't stop. Yes. And when it doesn't stop, you get the added benefit of, well, now it's a contest. Yes. and I like that too.
0: Yeah, and you get that cute little like salt and pepper shaker thing that you just flip over when you're done, and it never goes to red. You just always leave it on green, and people just keep s- slicing things off of slabs. Is, this, is this the Brazilian, Brazilian steak that
2: you have never had? This you you've, you've never had Brazilian me. steak? No,
0: it's good. Brazilian now, steak. The one thing I will say about it is it, it's expensive because my wife and I went and it was like $40 a person and we're not going to eat, my wife's not going to eat $40 worth of steak. Like there's just no way. So it's kind of. Over- you got to eat $60 worth of steak. I know. Than and than Kyle, I tried my best buddy and it just didn't, it just didn't work out. It was just coming literally out of my pores, man. I know. Like the secret is like,
3: you know, only have one sausage. When the sausage comes around, don't get brave. Don't be like, I love sausage. And sometimes <laughs> they bring them out. You have to be like, no, thank you. <laughs> Because I know that thing I like three back is going to come around again. And I went back. <laughs> Very good.
1: So, so yeah,
3: uh, if you ask me what I took, what I took, what
2: food I took a picture of before that, I have no idea. I can tell you. Oh. <laughs> I'm <stuck here. laughs> I can tell you. I, I know I don't take pictures of food often either. But I, the last thing I took a picture of was nachos.
4: So,
2: nachos. They were delicious. I love nachos. And it's it's very average. It's not like something cool like he did, like really hot, cool chicken and a, from a cool place. It was just nachos, but they were like exquisitely made. It looked like a flower of nachos. It was really weird. Pretty Way impressive.
4: They- beauty yeah,
0: so. and, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, too. So don't 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 sleep on your nachos, friend. All nachos are beautiful. <laughs> don't sleep. If you if you loved your nachos enough to take a picture of it, then they were beautiful to you. That's all nachos are. Beautiful. Yeah. Bob like hashtag nacho pride. <laughs> nacho pride, son. Nacho pride. So, Kyle, you are, I mean, you're just prolific at this point, man. You're making everybody look bad in this business. You've got so many books coming out. You've got so many funny books coming out. How do you find time? And your Patreon is going strong. And how do you find time to do all this stuff in your sex dungeon? Uh, not enough sex in that dungeon, for sure. <laughs> Apparently.
3: Uh, you know, you know uh, a lot... I don't know, man. Like, it's, I guess it's the 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 boring answers. There's not something else I'd rather be doing, so I sort of do it all the time. I say that, and since New York City, I did New York City Comic Con, which was, I think, three weeks ago at this point.
4: That's what it's, I, it seems. Like, yes. Okay,
3: all right. I, I haven't done anything. I mean, I, I did a show and I wrote a script, but to me, like, I haven't done anything. Um, so I'm doing um, I'm doing uh, several appearances in Florida tomorrow. Ooh, you're going to Florida. Very nice. Flying me down to Florida. Uh, good people down in Florida. I like them a lot. Uh, they're big, big Rick and Morty fans down in Florida. Um, so I'm going down there for three days, and I'm coming back, and I have to finish uh, issue eight Rocky New Mountain, which is going to be the final issue. And then, outside of Rick and Morty, kind of my plate's clean, so I have to sort of figure out what I'm doing next. Um, so it's funny that, yeah, I've been very, very prolific, but I feel like for the last three weeks, and probably for the rest of 2017, I'm not going to do enough.
0: Well, I mean, uh, you, you, well, you got to take t- Kyle Starks time, baby. You yeah. got to watch, you got to watch wrestling. You got to watch the Knicks. I mean, basketball season is just yeah. starting. So you got to, you,
4: go, you got to so get fair. down with that,
3: you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, in that time, I'll probably end up writing like four or five Rick and Morty scripts just to make... <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's like that. Some of that stuff comes very easy to me, which isn't me bragging. It's just what it is. Um, and kind of just deciding what it is for me is always sort of the hardest part and then i do it and i'm happy and i'm happy because i'm de- i know like i've been dealing with like i've got a bunch of uh i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take a real serious i'm gonna uh, guys get real close to the camera right, real, up, up? real serious <laughs> uh i had a lot of bad news lately so i'm not feeling super great but i know as soon as i and, and also i have to start drawing the last issue of rock which i kind of like emotionally don't want to do yeah you know what i mean Because it's the last one uh, and I've always found, like, uh, the last, like, ten pages of anything take me longer than all of it together. Really? Uh, because I don't – and I know it's because I just don't want to do it. Like, it, <laughs> I, it does, it's planned. I know what it is. It's outlined. Just emotionally, I don't want to end the thing. But that's literally – like, I think, I think ending things is the first step to making comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of dealing with some high-functioning depression right now. Uh, but I know like when I come back Monday and I start drawing that last issue, I'm going to, it all comes back, like how much I just love the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think before I was writing as much as I was, that was something, which is why I'm so prolific is like, I, I love just doing it, but now I'm writing and writing's a lot of just coming up with ideas and less like sort of getting your hands dirty. So I've been in a different mindset for about the last year than what I was for, you know, the three or four years before when I was breaking in. So, <laughs> now you,
0: now you no. said you're now well hang on you said you're feeling sad what are you feeling sad about kyle starks tell
3: my dad's got some health stuff going on okay and, uh, all right uh, comics are real stressful uh it's a new year signing up for aca for the first time all that sort of jazz
4: okay uh, I, don't, I
3: don't really get it i think i think everything should be fun including this interview but the point was like it's as, as, as down as i am now i know once i start actually doing it like it'll all fade away because it'll be that okay that thing that makes me so happy. And I always forget how much I like to draw comics over the last two years when I've been in so many other things up until, until I start doing it. It's like, man, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than drawing right. comics. But then when I'm done, it's like, well, now i got to come up with the next thing. And it's a whole process, the whole, like, constantly – I feel like I'm constantly doing blueprints and not enough, like, actual hammer and nails. Mm-hmm. And then when I do hammer and nails, it's like, that was nice. But also I think, man, I can do, like, six blueprints. it took me to do one. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like – I gotta think about what what the, what's fiscally smartest.
0: See, but I like how the, But I like how you're honest enough with yourself and your audience by saying like, "Yeah, I've been feeling kind of down. I've been going. I've been feeling kind of rough too lately." and it's just nice to kind of be honest enough with yourself to kind of admit that, but still try to work through it. If that maybe sense.
3: it's maybe it's seasonal. That seasonal uh, whatchamacallit you disorder.
0: The yeah, I believe that is what it's called. The season what disorder or something seasonal like that. Seasonal,
3: cause yeah. it, like, I, it, it just got cold, and that's like when it but I got like I said a bunch of a bunch of stuff falls down at once and uh you know it's a frustrating industry um though there's nothing else I'd rather be doing which makes it more frustrating i kind of wish like man if only i was a pro swimmer
0: <laughs>
3: so <laughs> I could just let it all go and just Go into the water.
0: Just hit know. the water, bro, and just shave all your body hair and swim forever.
3: Uh, Finally, <laughs> used to shave my body hair.
0: I mean, right? It would be so lovely, but it would I imagine that would take a really, really long time to shave all of your body hair.
3: Oh, for mine too! Like a like a like Sasquatch. I mean, like Sasquatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me, too. I feel Like, you. The, like the most garbage Wookiee of all time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It <laughs> would we'll be like stuck in the closets, you know? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what does your process look like since since you write and draw some comics and then you write others? Is there a different process you have for for writing and drawing your comics or, or do you have the same process when you just write as you do when
4: you um, write?
3: Yeah, they're completely different. I would say in terms – there's a lot of um, – I found out I was diabetic a couple of years ago, so I'm much healthier than I used to be. I, I go to I go on walks a lot, and I go for bike rides a lot. And a lot of – they're both similar in the sense. Like, a lot of that is me going, oh, what about this? And what about this? When I think about things for a long time before I sort of go pen to paper. Though with, you know, like Rick and Morty scripts, it's a, it's a smaller window, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for Rick and Morty, I had to think of it, and I just – uh. I, I make an 18 page document in Manga Studio and I sort of, these are the five things I want to hit and I sort of outline it by page. I don't do panels. Uh, as a rule, when I write for someone else, I try to limit it, um, which is dumb, but I try not to do more than eight panels on a page and mm-hmm. um, generally probably average about six because I think that's a good Jack Kirby number for someone else to draw. It's a good number. Six is a good number. Um, but you know, like I did my first issue of Rock Candy Mountain. I think has like a twenty-two panel page in it. <laughs> it, had, it had to have that. It had to have that page. But I would, n- I would never ask Mark Ellerby to do it for forty. I'd never ask for Gabo to do it on Dead. I just never would. <laughs> but I, and I think that's why things read differently than when I draw them, because like I, I think pacing is real important. Um, so yeah, so I sort of outline it. It's like no more than six. If it it either fits or it doesn't. Um, when I'm writing for other people, I will edit things out a lot more easily than I do for my own stuff. Um, so there's that. Sometimes uh, for Rick and Morty, for a long time, I was doing layouts, so I was actually having to draw basically the issue. Um, so it was similar to how I how I do my own stuff, but with with a page limitation, which I don't deal with. My stuff is a shitty answer. Um, I think that for a long time, I tell myself the story over and over and over. So I like hearing the story from myself, and then I just do it. I don't. Um, with Rocky and the Mountain, it's a little bit different because of page limitation. But for the most part, I just start drawing it and writing it, and I do it.
2: That's really interesting that you tell yourself the story over and over. I think that I, do, that...
3: I I tell myself the story over and over and over until I like every part of it. Okay. Um, and when I it, it it became that way because before what I'm doing now, I had a very boring job that was very monotonous, and I had time to sit there and think about things <laughs> over and over and over. And, <laughs> over. and now, and now you know, I do it. I go for these bike rides, I go for these walks. I do all these shows every weekend. I'm on planes for hours, I'm driving for hours. It's like I spend the time to sort of amuse myself. And I think that's what, for me, the kind of comics I want to make are the ones that entertain me. Uh, you know, I, I tell people as often as possible, you want to put this thing in the world that you want to be in the world. And then, you know, I have nothing that I've made to date that I look back and go, eh. It like, at the time it was something I wanted. And I mean, for years I wanted it basically, you know. But yeah, Andy Hirsch, who's a really talented uh, comic creator who just put out a book from First Second called Dogs It's a science book about dogs. Uh, referred to it as, oh, my wife's moving around upstairs, guys.
1: Uh Um,
3: If she moves the Ottoman, it sounds like someone's cutting the biggest fart. I just want to lay that out here. (laughs)
1: Okay, all right, all right, all right.
3: I had trouble with one podcast where there's an awkward moment. I was like, (laughs) it's upstairs Ottoman.
4: Um,
3: But Andy Hirsch referred to how I make my comics as comic book improv, which isn't. It, it, there's a little there i mean which is i think is accurate because even with what we think of as improv there's actually sort of a structure to it mm-hmm. um there's a science to it so generally um for like rock candy mount i do the same thing i do with rick and morty i open up x number of pages i go these are the five things i know i that have to be in the story these are the important parts and then i go and then uh rarely do i do any editing with that total amount of planning because again, I have told myself the stories. I know every part that's going to be in that issue. I just have to smoosh it all into it. And then, like, how many pages can I do for a fight? That's very important when you're doing a comic. <laughs> is how many pages can do a lot for a fight? Okay. The mm-hmm. answer is never enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, never enough. now it's funny because you write comedy. We try to write comedy, and like. Sometimes, like you feel, do you ever feel like a, a joke lands for you personally, but the audience may not get it? And how does that kind of how does that work on on your ego? Or is there a joke that like the audience would really dig that maybe you didn't dig as much that you just kind of stuck in as filler and you just let them think you're a genius? Like how does writing jokes for you in comics work? I think for for Rick and Morty, I mean
3: for Rick and Morty, you have to take into account a certain amount of fan service, but also that the show has an... A built-in sort of cadence and style of comedy, so it it has sort of a, a joke outline I play off of. I've put a ton of stuff in *Rick and Morty* that I know no one will ever get. I've put a ton of stuff in my book, and I know no one will ever get it. But again, like I said, I'm I'm making the thing that I want to put in the world in do I have. Um, in uh, I have I have a copy right here, and kill them all, and like the very opening, um, uh. Uh, the main character goes she has a bag of groceries and it's the no diggity grocery <laughs> <laughs> that's a Blackstreet <laughs> reference
0: you gotta bag it up the groceries. A bag Yeah, yeah, up. That's, a bit, yeah.
4: <laughs> and, uh, that's
3: hilarious to me no no one pays any attention to that stuff <laughs> and I try to I, like um, I know the number issue 25 of Rick and Morty I have a, uh, a Caesar joke that no one's gonna get um, because uh. uh one character throws an orange Julius, in the other one's face, <laughs> and the other one says that too brute. <laughs> no one's that joke, you know?
2: I would have got that joke.
3: Um, there's, a, there's, a a a uh, there's a reference to a shirt Malcolm Jamal Warner wore on the Cosby show. Really? Okay. That somebody got which I've never been so pleased. Like that's I like, every down that someone gets it and you're like, ah, oh, so good. <laughs> so I I think you have to you always sort of like especially I found with Rick and Morty is you get to, you want to always sort of balance like that broad comedy. You know, put a spit take in there, man. Spit takes are classic. And you're like, I'm too good for a spit take, man. Put a butt doing a spit take and you just made double money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you kind of find that balance between like, here's something a little bit more cerebral and here's, um, I had a bit that I cut out where Rick was going to be like picking a lock and I wanted the lock to be making philosophical quotes from the philosopher lock. But <laughs> I'm not making it just because like I had to get something so that's what got caught like no one's gonna get i mean the number of people who read that are it's a very small amount <laughs> that amused me to no end
4: i'm
3: not gonna lie yeah I, I think if i'm amused other people are gonna be amused and a, a lot of that is like well maybe so and so has a specific type of humor i think there'll be something in every book that will make somebody laugh so the same joke might not make everyone i think i think that's important but there's also a lot to be said about knowing, you know, a ton of different sort of genres of comedy and um, sort of trying to interplay them. Rick and Morty makes it really easy to do that because different characters are prone to do different types of comedy. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Summer's not going to do Seinfeld bits, basically. <laughs> um, which great, which is that like Seinfeld. Why, why Summer's great? You know, you, S- Summer's going to do Broad City bits. Okay. Um, so you sort of try to find things. But like I, the thing of it that's great about Rick and Morty is I can do I can do like relatively clever things and then have a butt fart and it's like winner because <laughs> like i want to put that butt in there anyway i want to put that butt in there but are funny <laughs> <What>? now <laughs> I, don't, I don't try to think about that because uh, cause as far as i know when they're not funny i know like i know with rock candy mountain like as of issue four uh one reviewer was like well this book is just not as funny as it was it's like well i mean it's not a gag book like i never I'm, I never said, "Hey, look at this hilarious book I'm selling you guys with this book about hobos," um, <laughs> but with Rick and Morty it is. And I, I, there's a couple of issues. There's one specifically that just came out that's not that funny, but that was the, like that's the thing we wanted to try. You know, we wanted to do something, and see how it played out. Issue five that's coming out of Rocky Mountain is not. It's, it has funny bits in it, but there are very few and far between. Um, so I think with Rick and Morty, like as far as I know, it's always been funny. So my ego has never taken a hit.
1: <laughs>
3: they keep asking me to do it again, so it must be something's got to be working. If you keep getting higher, then something's right, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting those deadlines. You never know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so as a segue, now, Bobby, when we were when we were in uh, Lexington, the Lexington yes. Comic Con said, yes, you have to go by this guy's table and look at his book. Sex Castle. Yes, That's what I did. So, can you tell everybody what Sex Castle is about because it is brilliant. He said this is a brilliant
4: idea. That's what he said.
2: Uh, Sex Castle is an
3: homage to eighties action movies. It's about yes. the world's former greatest hitman turned ex-secret service turned ex-con <laughs> who's trying to get out of the business and he goes <laughs> to go back down in the middle of nowhere to become a florist. Um, but as all such things, the villain just drags him right back in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really great. I
4: said, I said it twice.
0: It's it's a it's a it's a John Carpenter book. Like that's the easiest way to describe it. Like it walks that line of like hilarity and like graphic and awful violence. It's really well done. And you were nominated for a goddamn Eisner for it. I Which, was a humor publication. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were wearing it. You were telling everybody at All uh, oh yeah, oh, comics yeah. in Monty, Indiana. Eisner nominated book right here. Eisner nominated book. Eisner nominated book. Yes. And I was like,
3: this I'm dude's a the real asshole. Yeah. I'm a, I, when I did when I did Heroes Club that year, I had a sign made up that said <laughs> Eisner nominated. <laughs> And look, look, not everyone thought that was as funny as I thought it was, dude. I, <laughs> I
0: loved thought, it. Like I told my wife on the way home, I was like, "This guy's the fucking best." It's like, He's so I, awesome.
3: I, it's pretty funny. So, uh, God forbid, I God forbid, I win an Eisner, guys. God
2: forbid, <laughs> I'm just gonna have like every show I do is gonna have a shirt that says Eisner winner. I swear, to, I swear to God, we will put that in the, in the liner notes. Will that would that that be good? Eisner nominated Kyle oh, Starling. Okay. Please.
3: Hollywood, <laughs> Eisenhower, nominated. Sex Castle, Kyle Stark.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Hollywood came calling. They're going to make that a movie. Yes, yes? Uh, we, we are in
3: our second option. The last I heard, there, I mean, we have a script. The Russo brothers supposedly emailed the head of Netflix directly. Yeah, man, let's hope. I mean, uh, I'm, I fall ass first in the literary anything, everything. I was, I was approached about that book before it came out so it shows you like how they were just like throwing sort of fishing hooks everywhere um but i got optioned within maybe four weeks of when i wow. like they got optioned right after it came out because uh, i have a really great agent who when he he hadn't read it he just sent me a thing because he saw there was like he's just like doing the game right um but i got super lucky the workaholics loved it um and they were looking for a project those guys happened to know the russo brothers which is bonkers <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially especially right now as we're on the cusp of the avengers and uh uh, uh whatever it is thanos town avengers Four, uh, T- thanos, town. <laughs> <laughs>
4: got, thanos
3: town i believe that's the that's the working
4: name of it i think it's the <laughs> name of it thanos.
3: thanos town um so yeah like right now I'm, I'm in talks i'm uh i, mean, I don't want jinx it, but i've talked with kilda Mall. i'm in talks with Rocky <laughs> mountain we're supposedly real close on both of those um you know, the only way it works is if you get one you're gonna get another one i mean yeah also at a, at a certain point everything gets optioned so like the option is nice you want that announcement uh, a movie obviously would be amazing i'm not i'm not investing you know i'm not like yeah, gold, yeah, yeah. Like, buy, that, buy that swimming buy that gold swimming pool Why <laughs> movie? The we uh, need ourselves I mean, a rocket car i'm in a dungeon right now guys i'm in literally (laughs) a dungeon made out of cardboard boxes and like one sad scary light
0: bulb
4: it It is is it
0: It looks like someone's gonna come and interrogate you it looks like you're filming a fucking al-qaeda video or something (laughs) it looks bad bad. it's like a video chat who knew (laughs) I, i always felt safe down here you know what, you can turn the video chat off, Kyle, though, if you're uncomfortable with us seeing wh- how you live, bro, and your process.
3: No, no, no I, like, uh, I like the combination of my semi-silhouette and the light. Like, you know, I, feel like I, I feel like it's a remake of, uh, well, they remade Hackers, but I feel like it's some bad hacking movie. Just like if I like, like, I guess I get a little computer on the glass every now and then. <laughs> That's what I said to him at the
1: beginning. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's so good. It's so good. I like it. It's um,
0: fantastic.
3: But yeah, no, and, you know, Sex
4: Castle,
3: uh, Sex Castle's my baby. Sex Castle got me Rex and Morty. Sex Castle got me Rock Candy Mountain. Um, it probably got me, no, it did. I can take, I can take everything that I've gotten to date, I, I honestly feel like goes back to Sex Castle. And I think now I'm building, but it's like, it's real clear, like where the goose was for me. Sex <laughs> Castle, and also, I mean, I, I think Sex Castle the best thing I've done to date. Um, it's a book. I, I did a book before that called Legend of Ricky Thunder, which is, uh, I self-published, which is a, about a wrestler who- Which was awesome. Has, uh, thanks, man. Has to uh, defend the world as the world champion. That's a good bit. Um, <laughs> but like, I read it and I can't look at it. It, it just looks bad to me. But I, by the time I'm done, I'm like, you know, what? that's a good story, though. Like the story stands up, but there's problems. I think it's important to be very objective about your work that's how you can sort of improve things for the next thing you do and sort of try to better yourself and then figure out the thing that you need to do and also the things you do well. Um, I think sex Capital is the, the only perfect thing I've done. There's nothing I would add. There's nothing, I'd out, there's nothing I feel like I failed to, to land. And as a writer, uh, that's a feeling you have very few times as any sort of creator. It's very rare that you go, this thing is perfect. And I think even five years from now, I'll be like sex castle is perfect. There's nothing I would do to it. Um, and I believe so again, I'm just now starting the last issue. I think Rocky Andy Mountain, I'm gonna feel very similar about when it's done. Um, it's just a piece of work that makes me feel the same way Sex Castle does. It's fun, it's different. Um, the action's great. There's enough of an emotional drive to it, which I really think is important for anything, um, for any sort of creative experience that there should be, not always, sometimes you just want to pie in the face, but <laughs> it, you just want to have fun sometimes. For the, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the things that I want to ingest, I don't just want jokes and punches. Though when I make things, I want nothing more than jokes and punches. There needs to, be, there needs to, be, to me, an actual there needs to be a, a, a sort of a, a good reason for all that to happen. Something that sort of strikes you at like a baser level. So, like Sex Castle, I mean, Sex Castle is about parental responsibility. You know, uh, like stuff like that is what I really like about it. It's like, man, what a good action movie! But yeah, it's also about be a good dad. Like, don't fuck that up,
1: yeah. or else your kids
3: end up in Sex Castle. If you're lucky, you turn into Sex Castle. Other. Otherwise, it turns into, you know, uh, some little dipshit that runs a town and thinks you've got shit. So, <laughs> and so forth.
0: Now, um, is, yeah,
3: there, there, is, i is, is, more, be right there when I'm done.
0: Is there going to be a Sex Castle sequel? Are you working on that? Or is this like a one-shot
3: thing? I, You know, I got asked a lot when it first came out because it was so well-received. I'm like, man, I, you know, I did the beginning and middle end that I want, and I have no intention but, I mean, it is an '80s action movie homage, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. come on, you need a like, sequel. Yeah, but we don't though, because I mean, it's like the sequel would be so. But like that's the thing is, all '80 sequels are bad, and <laughs> this would also be bad. Now like, he, he probably had to fight an alien. You know what I mean? Or, like, or, or he
0: could be on an airplane, a la fucking Die Hard Two, or something at an airport. That would be rad, right? In an airport building something.
3: I think for the most part, everything that was sort of like an action movie trope that I I wanted to. I wanted to play with that didn't go into Sex Castle, I got to and killed them all. Okay, um, yes. That being said, if the movie came out and it was wildly popular, <laughs> I would, I'd have to think about it real hard. But I mean, it's never my intention. I like stories that beginning, middles and ends. And some of them, I mean, he, cause I feel like it'd have to be a prequel. Like that dude has the best ending. Like his, he figures everything out at the end and presumably everything's okay. And like, I don't want to take that away from that dude. Uh, just in the state, you know, because it'd be a good story, or because someone wants it to be a good story. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really. I would. I would like to not do it, but watch it happen because I have. To. <laughs> It'll be announced <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sex, Sex Castle Two, Electric Boogaloo. You know that's what called.
0: Guy, Kyle Star- that's a great name. Sex Castle Two. <laughs> Kyle doesn't want to do this but has to. All right. Yeah.
3: Sex Castle 2, please, don't make me. <laughs> you know, like, I think, you know, it, I would love to do another arc to Rock Andy Mountain, even though it's the same deal. Um, I came in and asked to do eight issues. I could do eight issues. Um, there are characters in there that I would uh, absolutely love to revisit. Um, I don't really feel that way with Sex Castle. I just feel like, like I said, there's nothing that I would add or take away from that book as a creator. So to be like, but if you were going to do another story, though, it's like I just said,
0: I think it's perfect. And I don't want to
4: it. So all right. take it. All right, all
0: right, all right. Kyle Starks, Jeez Louise, I won't. It's over. We know we'll, You know what? We'll never bring it up ever again. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, with,
0: I think. <laughs> so what's up with that sequel, bro? <laughs> with, with Rock County Mountain, you pitched
2: that as eight issues, or you pitched it for more, or because you, you said you'd like to do more. So were you were you only trying to do eight, or are you trying to do another arc of that? No, I,
3: I my I told him I'd like to do eight issues. Um, you have the sincere hope of something, not because it's the first major book that I've done. I put air quotes. I think you guys can hear air quotes, I don't think. Maybe if I do them really hard. Hold yes, on. you can do them really Can hard. you hear them? Yes, yeah, okay. yes, I can. A wishing, like a slight whooshing? Yes,
0: like, it sounded like you were messing with the microphone. It sounded like a uh, uh,
3: Yeah, but, so I, I told him I want to do eight issues, but the hope, the, since it's the, the most visible book I've done, the, the sort of sincere hope was that, you know, it'd be like Hobo Saga. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, and instead of
3: Lion Cat, it would just be a lying Jim, just like a guy. You'd be lion and then walk off. Jim, uh, go boil down and make some coffee, bud. Uh, but I didn't, what did you eat? Because uh, I had, again, a beginning, a middle, and end that I wanted to do. I've gotten to do that. Uh, I've really enjoyed the experience. I've especially liked working with Chris Weitzer, who I think is one of America's best living cartoonists that no one knows about. Oh, he's fantastic. That. He's amazing. He's amazing. And he's doing an incredible job coloring the book. Um, I couldn't, I could honestly not ask for a better collaborator. And I uh, he, he's my very good friend. And I love his face, but his colors are
0: amazing and no one can step to that, that's the fact. And you guys um, go on like long car rides together. Like he's your traveling buddy. Like you guys I, are like real deal. Really- yeah, yeah, I make him go to shows because uh, he
3: hates money. He loves money, but he doesn't know how to get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to go to, to, go to Lexington. Do you want to come with me? Yes, I want to go to. I have to go to Memphis. Do you want to come with me? Yes. I'm trying to get so Spicer just goes everywhere with me, and uh, <laughs> we need to get like a we need to get like a a reality show or like a, some sort of traveling podcast.
4: That would be great. I would. I would listen to yeah, that. I would listen.
3: <laughs> kind of, but, you know, but, like chris weitzer is in all is fundamentally the opposite of me like he's tall and i'm short and he's likable and i'm me no and, uh, no you're likable man um it's 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 different
0: he's he likes people um he's super and, nice uh, what kyle's saying is this is all shtick chris is a yeah, genuinely yeah, nice dude yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: but like
0: <laughs> chris, is, chris is chris is educated
3: he likes to talk about smart things
0: um he dresses like, like, a, he dresses like a farmer
3: he dresses like a character from a 1010 book. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris is most likely to get in shenanigans, and I'm most likely to grouse about them. But we, like I, the way you would do the podcast is like people would just send in like like today you should talk about rugby. And I like uh, I think that's not a fucking sport we should talk about. And Chris would be like, you know what's interesting? I love rugby. And like, Fuck, no one wants to talk about rugby, and he's like, no, listen, that's some really interesting rugby facts. And I'm like, oh my god, please make it stop. <laughs> Um, and that would be the podcast for however long it went on. Which would really be <laughs> <breathtaking>. This <laughs> sounds amazing. It needs to happen. Yeah. And course, the thing is because what would happen is like early on with people like basketball, and I'd be like, oh, basketball's great. I really like it. Here's what I like about it. And I would speak as eloquently as I speak about something. Chris would be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not really a sports guy. But what people would realize is that what you put a in is that Chris likes a lot that I hate. And that's like – that will be the point where the podcast becomes very good when the listeners <laughs> are like, you know what? We should ask him about the banana wars. i would be like, oh, <laughs> banana wars are great, but I don't want to hear Chris talk about it. <laughs> now, wrestling, does Chris do wrestling? No, he wouldn't do wrestling, and I, he'd be like, I I just don't get it, guys. I was, I, like, just,
0: now, I, I have to say, I got to tell you, I was sad to see that you actually split your Twitter account in two because you were afraid that you were talking too much about wrestling on your Kyle Starks account. Now you have an actual wrestling Kyle Starks account. And no, know it's the Kyle Smarks account
3: uh, <laughs> which is, which is a super good wrestling joke. But yeah, I, it, you know, the thing is, the thing is about wrestling, which I love, I hate love. Is that the broken <laughs> Kyle Smarks? Kyle <laughs> no, that's a good one though. Uh, I like, I hate WWE, but in general love wrestling, but it's something, it's something to really, I think to share with other people, you have to sort of live tweet it. And uh I, I you know what? I have three thousand followers and not very many of them want to hear anything about wrestling. <laughs> it's
2: really not seven hours a week, you know, like seven hours of it. it I garbage. can't get into it. I've tried the- I
0: enjoyed your hot wrestling takes, bro. I thought it was good. It it was it was a fun it was a dirt sheet for the industry that they need.
3: I am. I know. I know, <laughs> know. It look it's I don't I'm not on there enough because uh my wife hates commercials, so we never start things on time, which is brilliant because all it is is like USA Suits commercials. That. <laughs> no one wants to see that shit. No one wants to see the commercials for that show. No one wants to see that show. I don't know how it's been on for 18 seasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the so wife is like, we won't start till like 7.30 or whatever. And by then, like, I'm catching up, and no one wants to read that either. No one so wants to like, read
0: old wrestling takes. <laughs> that happened 10 minutes ago, Kyle Starks. Uh,
3: listen, we already have 1,000 Roman Reigns
1: jokes. I'm like, <laughs>
3: Looking at you guys as shit, um, <laughs> but no, I got you know. Like, I started getting a lot more peers in the industry, and I think you have to be smart about stuff like that. I don't think there's any, I don't think anyone's like going to be like, "What? He's a wrestling fan?" Because I still talk about it a fair amount, um, but I try to keep you know, you at some point you reach the point where it's like mostly you have to talk about comics. I think <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. I could be wrong. That could have been a mistake that I did that. Um, <laughs> But I feel like I feel like Kelly Sue didn't mute me, so it was worth it. <laughs> Every time I see Matt Rosenberg, if it comes up, he's like, he's like, yeah, you should just like, I'm so glad you did that. I'm like, all right, well, it made Matt Rosenberg happy. <laughs> he's wonderful. So that yeah. oh, he's really good. He's amazing. It's he, like, oh boy, look what I did! I found Matt Rosenberg happy. <laughs>
0: he's the he's like the official ambassador of comics. That dude loves this medium a lot, and he, it's it's good to have him. It's good to have him around. He's I, a he's a good. Guy. I think
3: I. He's real guy. He's real. He's real smart. Doing the sort of weekly Marvel comics uh, when you're in the position Matt Rosenberg is, I think, is very, very smart and like said, very good will, But I think it's also very good advertising. Um, that I don't know, four kids. Four kids walk into a bank. I think came out and trade this week or next week. Probably next week because that's when uh, I've been Biden waiting realized. for it forever. So I don't know. Um, I got it. I got a New York Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> I read that book. It I'm is jealous. The two. I don't know who what I would say is the book of the year, but it's either Matt Rosenberg's Four Kids Walking to the Bank or uh, Xander Cannon's Season Two of Kaiju Max, which is I think maybe the best book, the best ongoing book on the
4: shelves. Okay. Okay,
0: because I've got I bought Season One at Gen Con. Uh, I got it right up here. I really enjoyed it. It was very fun. Uh, yeah, Season Three, Season Two is somehow at least mathematically three times better. Than season wow, one. that's impressive.
3: It's so much better. It, it, it like Season One's great. You're like, this is smart, and this is clever, and this is funny, and it's fun. And that's what you want in a comic. That's what you want. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then you read season two thinking, I can't wait to read more of this thing that's funny and clever and it's funny it's fun. And it's literally so much better. It's so much better that when you get done, you're gonna be like, wait, how could you take that thing that was so good and make it even <laughs> better? And it's mind blowing and it's it's seamless. And I think Xander Cannon, I think Xander Cannon, uh, I. Matt Rosenberg, I've heard, I, I like Matt Rosenberg, I think he's a, very, I've he's a very good craftsman. He's a friend of mine, I like him a lot. Um, but I feel like he's like, I, can, I read Matt Rosenberg stuff and I see like how, what a good craftsman he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I yeah. Um, But I think John Allison and Xander Cannon, uh, John Allison does um, Giant Days of Boom and he does mm-hmm. uh, Scary Go Round is an ongoing webcomic that also is published by Oni. I think those two guys are on a different level right now. They're doing stuff that's clever and fun and funny. And different than everybody else, it's like, John Allison's dialogue, like no one can set John Allison's hair, women's hair, (laughs) no one can set that. (laughs) And Xander Xander Cannon, Kaiju Max, and Heck, like I just don't, like those are two super good books. Um. But yeah, anyway, uh, Four Kids want to Big, I think it comes out next weekend if
0: you don't yeah. get it, you, you, you it. It's a great book. And you know what else is also a great book? Your book, Rock Candy Mountain. Now, the oh, trade the trade is out now, and you're wrapping up on this shortly, yes? Yeah, uh, it's going to – what month
3: are we? November? It'll yes. end in February. So. Okay. That's awesome.
0: And I can Real get – I, I can go anywhere in the whole wide world in any comic shop around and go, hey, give me that Rock Candy Mountain trade, and boo, it'll be mine. They should. If it's a comic shop worth its salt, it will have that book because it's great, awesome. man. Thanks. It's great. I'm it's real, great. I'm, real, I'm real proud of it. You should be. You should be real proud of everything that you're doing. And the Rick and Morty stuff. I mean, that's just. I mean, you're killing it. You're you're that's doing, icing on your yeah, cake. Man. You're doing a great <laughs> job, dude. You're doing a fantastic, yeah. a fantastic job. Thanks, man. I'm trying real hard to put smiles on people's faces. And you'll be at so you're gonna be in Florida all weekend and then what, I guess November eleventh you're gonna be over at all yeah comics again in Muncie?
4: I am.
3: We're doing some sort of image ALA thing. I don't really understand it, but they said but basically whenever someone says do you wanna do this thing, I've said yes. <laughs> uh, anything with all yeah though, I, I love yeah. I love those people. They've they've done good business for me and they've taken care of me. And I find them all to be super pleasant and enjoyable people. So any almost any excuse to go back to Muncie, I I'm down
0: for it too. So yeah, that's awesome. Now, cool. so, uh, real quick before we let you go, how are the Knicks going to do this year? You know what? They're like three and three right now. It's unbelievable. Three and three <laughs>
3: is
4: crazy, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, because they, they should be they should be the worst. This is the thing about the Knicks is that I've been I've been a, a long time Knicks fan. Um, when I started was the
2: Patrick
3: Patrick Ewing Karl not only was that a like, that was a team that Sons and Michael Jordan won two titles. Yes. And honestly, four titles. Maybe won four titles. Competed for four titles, won two, we'll say. Um, I love. So, when I came in, I got sort of like eight years of great... And then like, uh, then they sort of bring in Marcus Canby and Larry Johnson and Alan. He's like, it's still a great team. I love this team. They're so good. And then, <laughs> I don't fucking know. For the last... Like, the math on it is so upsetting. For the last literal I, I think in 2002 we had an okay playoff run but since 2000 17 years they've been miserable in 17, <laughs> years, in 17 years i've had eight games of good basketball and that was linsanity yes it, that was it that was it that was all linsanity Mello, the only good eight games i've had over the last 17 years mellow comes back and immediately stand back that guy because
1: <laughs> you know,
3: nobody uh, winning, no one No one's in this game to win, says Hoodie Mello. Um, so I, the thing is, like, I'm so excited that we got rid of that garbage bear. Um, that fucking piece of shit. And um, I was like, you know what? This will be the first year since I've been a Knicks fan that we will be bad because we're supposed to be. Yeah. And we're, we're better than last year already, I think.
0: Yeah. It's it's all on the the unicorn, the magic unicorn of uh, Porzingis. He's the dude. He's the guy that's going to carry you into the next uh, millennium.
3: Porzingis is great, and I, I did. I, I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it. I was talking to James Lucas Jones, who's the um, uh, the publisher at Oni now, and we we're talking about fantasy. He's like, I almost got Porzingis. I'm like, man, I don't know. I feel like it's hard. To, it's hard to go from being number two to number one. Being so young, yes, I think he's really going to struggle. Uh, that dude's had at least two 30 thirty-point games this year. Uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do i know so i'm saying right there uh james lucas jones i i was i was wrong and you were right
4: <laughs>
3: but then I, they- I, I at some point they're gonna start sucking because they just don't have the they don't have the horses for it
0: yeah but the thing is though the eastern conference is so weak i mean oh, it's terrible yeah it's basically what lebron and and well, no, and, and celtics and that's kind of it i mean that's the Cavs, it the Cavs are stinking it up man like, yeah but the Cavs are great I mean, it's it's November. LeBron's not going to start playing until February, March. He's not worried about it. No, 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 because, because the thing is, is like, no.
3: Like, they are 13th right now. Uh, it's early, but they are 13th out of, what, 18th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is that everyone thought is, like, LeBron's going to come out with a fucking chip on his shoulder, and he's going to be LeBron from eight years ago, and that hasn't happened. Mm. They, uh, they they don't have IT2, but, man, like they got – they got dude, they just had another injury. Another guy's gonna miss a season. Um, the Cavs were the surefire favorite. I thought you know, the Celtics were really gonna compete. The Celtics are great this year, but I thought with I thought with everyone's like, oh it's gonna be the Celtics and either Golden State or San Antonio. And I was like, Man, Gordo's good, like Gordo and Brad Steven, I'm a huge Butler Bulldogs fan. I've been able to, like I've been my wife went to Butler, so I've gotten to be a part of the Butler experience. Interesting, Bowl okay. This year. Um, I've been really – like, the only reason why, because being a Knicks fan, otherwise I think the love in my heart would have died. Um, <laughs> Brad Stevens, and uh, we were there before Brad Stevens. Um, anyway, like, so I've, I've really been blessed in basketball to have Brad Stevens. And they uh, <laughs> yeah, him back together, getting, getting a legit all-star like Irving, who I don't love, guy thinks they're earth flat. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Not he went great.
0: to yeah. He went to Duke
3: and thinks the Earth's flat. That doesn't but, speak well in the but, university. My my theory is is like that's why he shot so good because he's not thinking <laughs> about the greater physics. <laughs> <laughs> he's not thinking about gravity. Like gravity's not real. Just throw that ball up. <laughs> uh, but, I, but Brad Stevens has never had a player of that color. Yes, and I think giving someone who's, tech, who's so fundamentally X's and O's sound that you can get to the second spot repeatedly with garbage players. Yes you give him a good player it should be it should be lights out gordo goes down i'm like oh, mm, you know, that was man. bad
0: dude that was ugly
3: man i love gordo my when he was a freshman my wife called him It was not the gordon hayward we know now
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: The summer he grew like three inches and it was like what's going on like gordo gordo's crazy now now
0: now when did you when did your wife go to butler
3: uh she is she is 12 years younger than i'm just kidding i'm
0: just kidding <laughs> uh, she's there now she's a freshman
4: uh <laughs> She, let's see. She graduated. Cause
0: uh, maybe 2002. Like okay. Early 2000, early 2000. Okay, okay, okay. So then, cause um, I, 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 I gotta t- I gotta be honest with you. Full disclosure here, I am not a Butler guy. Um, because you beat VCU in the Final <laughs> Four, and I am a VCU <laughs> alumni that year in 2011. That was a magical run for us, and we lost to Butler. I was crushed.
4: I was we crushed. got a lot of people that year. That I was crushed. <laughs> Uh, that was that
0: was the worst. But we lost to Butler. We beat everybody in the tournament, and we lost to fucking Butler in the final four. It was so sad. <laughs> so we were sad. Double. I know. We were a team
3: of, we were a team of destiny, but, you but know, it it's great. That's the first year we went to the to the um to the final four. Right? Yeah, it was the it was
0: VC it was VCU and Butler in the same final four. I no, think. That was, yeah, that was the second year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And we got because we got reamed by we got reamed by Connecticut in that game, but there's nothing that's that's actually that's just like that's the world right like you run up (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
3: but the year before this is uh like i'm again butler butler if you were to talk to me in 2000 i could i would wax poetic about the knicks now i wax poetic about the bulldogs and now that's (laughs) that's over i really thought once brad was leaving is done the guy not the guy who replaced him but the guy herndon who's now i think at ohio state or something um was so good it was unbelievable um, I'm really worried about this new guy. I have zero faith. I think we're gonna be just an average again, but who knows.
1: Yeah, um, that's well that's what
3: happens so, at a
0: mid that's what happens at a mid major. Your guy leaves and then you yeah. hope for you hope for the best. Yeah. You
1: know. So the
3: shot the shot that Gordo missed, which was sort of like um, in between three quarters and half court, like sort of rimmed yeah, out. Yeah. Sort yeah. to of the south of the, the middle of the court. Um we had a dude we had a dude win I want to say the big east tournament. A couple of years later, hitting that exact same spot. Really? Exact same spot. Um, I can't remember what his name was. He was we called him the Bulldog. Ron, uh, man, he was good, too. He's playing in Australia now. He's, like, lighting up Australia. Good for him. Um, a lot of those guys did. In, uh, there's We have two. Shelvin Mack is still in, uh, is still, is still in the league. Gordo's in the league.
0: Mm, that injury, um, that was bad, dude. That was bad. He'll
3: be back, he'll be back next year, though, man. He's, yeah. he, I think he's, he's never going to be someone people are going to go – one of the greats of all time, but he's a unique talent, and he fits into the modern NBA like a glove. Yeah. And I love him. He's a good, I think he's a good boy. He's a tennis player. Do you know that? Really? Wow. Yeah, he, he's one of those great things. Like, oh, did you know like, Steve Nash was a soccer player? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Hakeem was a soccer player. Uh, Gordo was a tennis player. That's why his footwork's so good, man. And he he, uh, he grew. He was a point guard. He's a shooting guard, but he grew like a bajillion inches. So he had that same sort of Hakeem Olajuwon was really good at another sport and then grew too tall had to play basketball
0: interesting yeah he says, so you're a comic book writer and gordon hayward's biographer i had no idea that's amazing you should make you should make a comic book about gordon hayward i'm not gonna do that all right <laughs> <laughs> well kyle it was it was lovely <laughs> uh-huh. Are done
4: already? No, yeah already.
0: No, yeah it's, it's been almost an hour buddy i want to let you get back to your life all right. We get, just, I, he sounds disappointed. Before you go, though, favorite wrestler of all time. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh,
3: so there's, I have my, I have my, sh- my shitty answer and my, my, my real answer. We can oh,
1: take. Let's,
0: let's, let's hear them both.
3: So I am. I live in Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, Indiana was the second stop on the CWA slash USWA tour, which was famously the Memphis tour. Okay. Okay. So. so I, my mother because my grandmother went every Wednesday night to the Edsville Coliseum, <laughs> Uh, and she took me a lot. Uh, that's Bill Dundee. That's Dutch Mantell. That's uh, a lot of Jimmy Hart. Um, Oh, the so boogeyman. Many, so many, uh, so many, so many good, good boys. Right. Um, but I was raised, I was raised on Jerry Lawler as a face pulling down that strap throwing on fire. Um, it's funny because uh, like when I, I, was out of comics for a long time and I came back and people were like, Oh, who was, who's one of your, your favorite comic creators? And it's like, oh, John Byrne. I love John Byrne. Everyone's like, oh, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what happened? What happened? And like, eh, 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 right. And Jerry Lawler's like the same, like, problematic save, right? Like, I can't. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's
0: hard. hard.
3: Yeah. I, I saw that dude two years ago in Memphis at the end of the show. They opened up the doors and he jumped in the Batmobile he owns and drove <laughs> out. And that one of the top 10 fucking coolest things i ever seen in my life. Um, so, I was raised on Jerry Lawler. I was raised on sort of Memphis storytelling and seeing someone be a good guy for their entire, for the entire time that I knew them. Jerry started off as a bad guy, but it was mostly mostly a super good guy for my entire time. And because of that, anyone who came out of USWA slash CWA, uh, Kurt Hennig, Jeff Jarrett, always are my favorites. Like even now, like, it's like I will always root for those guys. And, Kurt Henning was sort of the first one to come out and it was so weird. Like that's our guy. That's our guy. He's on yes. WWE shooting perfect three-pointers. Yes. Behind his back. Have a yes. Look at he's amazing. So good at
0: darts. Did you guys know Kurt <laughs> Henning was so good at
3: darts? Uh, so like I was real stoked and then of course I was out, I think I was not watching by the time Jerry got his call up which was probably for the best. Um And now he's of course uh, nothing but problematic. But I came back as I did with comics. I've gone for a long time because with uh, wrestling and comics I discovered drugs and women and drinking, so I think it breaks. <laughs> <up. laughs> um, but I got I got called back like what ninety? When when was it with uh, the attitude had, era? Like
4: totally
3: after, and I'm gonna tell you, there's my heart belongs to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, okay, all right. I will take no. I will take no stuff. Talk, also, maybe problematic. But that's wrestling for you guys yeah they're all bad, you know what i mean like they're all bad you gotta like if, if we just gonna work for the good guy it'd just be like we'd all be kobe kingston fans <laughs> <laughs> that's, right? we'd be like oh you know who's great kobe kingston you know who else is great kobe kingston that's it
0: he's the only one <laughs> used to work for
3: office depot i don't know if you knew that about Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so, oh, yeah. us, so, so us, like an 80s action star like doing wrestling moves and i can't you can't friend with that <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: awesome. i love it
3: i love it Ric um,
0: um, rick R- flair rick flair
3: yeah rick flair is great man but uh, he's more problematic than maybe anybody so yes
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> rick but i mean growing up because we grew up in nor i grew up in norfolk virginia and they would the nwa uh wcw would come by the norfolk scope all the time so i would see rick flair wrestle ricky the dragon steamboat for an hour yeah, well, you on a beat. on a Tuesday, and you can't beat that. Like you, you can't, can't beat that. that. Like the storytelling. I I've seen the Rock and Roll Express wrestle a thousand times. And oh, yeah. Were- I
3: saw, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, I saw that's yeah, I saw like Rock Beat Express so many times, and then the like the Midnight Express on WWE. What the fuck yeah, Amazon, the kid from <laughs> Express is a That's nonsense. I saw I saw Ricky and uh. Uh, uh, the ricky morton and robert gibson ricky
4: and robert yep. yeah i saw them taking forward to post those fucking kids yeah I I, I, that's why well, I, just,
0: that's why i always hated sean michaels i was like you're just a crappy rock and roll express <laughs> <laughs> i never liked sean michaels
4: either damn
3: <laughs> uh, no, if you were like who's the best wrestler of all time i i think there's it's, it's rick flair i don't think there's really an argument there's no good argument to trump him, I don't think. Uh, no, there's that's not. Dustin Rhodes, maybe,
2: because...
3: Rhodes got to decide his own fate, yeah. uh, didn't hold as many titles, wasn't as successful, and a lot of that is because he was so successful he was embarrassed by the um, competition. Uh, the polka dots thing is not, should not be the legacy for that man. No, no so, it's, it's uh, a bummer.
0: But that was also kind of like a, a, a comeuppance thing for McMahon. That was a forced on yeah, him yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, but, it's still going on. I don't, Saw they announced War Games for uh, NXT uh, last night. It's like it's a slap in the face. Yeah. They don't see it that way. Yeah, they think but, the,
4: but
0: the thing about Dusty is Dusty was such a great worker and such a great talent that he made that polka dot bit work. That's why. Well, Dusty – Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah,
3: Dusty's one of the great. I don't think I don't think Dusty makes you know if you we were to do a Mount Rushmore wrestling, I don't think Dusty makes that list. He just wasn't he wasn't the draw other people have been. I can see that. I, and I don't, like, even, so you're, like, care of me, like in terms of, uh, god damn, even that's a tough Like, you're, like, countering, like, let's say someone, is there anyone who's had less physical ability and so high charisma as Dusty? But, you know, the answer is Hulk Hogan, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it is. Less ability, but more charisma. So he trumps Dusty even in that or regard.
2: Or Mick Foley. but he, he just has the ability to take pain. Like, he's not yeah. really athletic.
3: And unfortunately, Mick Foley, again, doesn't even sniff that Mount Rushmore. He doesn't even get to come near yeah, that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, though
3: certainly, uh, you know, The Rock, Mankind, and and, uh, and Stone Cold, that era, when those three, and even you'd have uh, you have Ken Shamrock in the mix. Sometimes. Shawn Michaels was there, too, at the time. Everyone yeah. would show up. And he's like, look, there's 17 competitors for the title. <laughs> and and, there's, eight, and there's, there's three that could beat anyone any night, right? Yes. And I don't know why WWE does not understand like, you, you should, like, let's mix it up. It's okay to have multiple people sort of, like, wrestling every week, but I think they decided, like, everyone's a goldfish, so they have to feed them the same stuff every week. <laughs> now,
0: let me, ask you, let me ask you this question. How do you feel about Triple H as a performer? As a performer. Oh. Hmm.
3: I, I, you know, I think early on when he was doing, he was very much doing the the thing no one likes in wrestling, which is uh, he had pulled, like Dusty, and was but he was putting himself over
1: um, <laughs> but I think
3: now if you look back and you especially look at the end of that dude's career when he was allowing other people to sort of go over he's never he's always had good bits he's always he's never hurt anybody he's never looked bad it's very he's very consistently and very consistently one of the top three guys on the roster right
1: mm-hmm.
3: I think he's very dislike but he's up there I mean he's I, I think in terms of you like how much money does the person make how many titles did they win? How many good matches did they have? And we're talking purely American, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think for, I think for in the top 10, I'd have to think about that. But I don't know, after after the Attitude Era, before Cena, Triple H was the only thing on that show. Yeah. For a year. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like, you know, like, uh, the sort of the basketball argument is like, well, you know, Shaq was the best player of his era. Why isn't he above Hakeem? Which he's not. He's not, guys. <laughs> if he was right now, he's not. Shaq played in sort of universally one of the weakest eras of the NBA and Hakeem played in one of the most competitive. Yes. He gets the pump on that. Yeah. When, winning two in when you're playing Robinson, Ewing, Mourning, Baby Shaq, when you're playing nothing but every team has a Hall of Famer versus what when when uh when Chad played, they beat fucking Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin. <laughs> like way to take down Rick Smith, big guy. Like, those achievements are great, but you have to factor that in. So so Triple H gets the bump of being the best guy during the week era. Cena sort of I think is the same, but again, what he's got like fourteen fucking championships. He's never he is one of those guys that people like to hate, but you you can't step to that guy. You know no, like. he makes everyone look good. He almost never makes himself look good. Unless it's to prove a point to somebody, um, I, I, I think there, there's a very good case that Cena belongs on that that Mountain Rushmore because the, he carried City wrestling for so long.
0: And the one Here's thing I will give Cena is he is a, he's great on the microphone. Yeah, I mean, he's, like,
4: he's always good. He's always yeah. good.
0: He's all, he's got. He's 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 got really short arms and he wears jean shorts. But man, that guy's good on a microphone. He, he, he does cut yeah. great yeah. promos
3: you got to be good if you're going out there in Gene Tours every night and your name's not Steve Austin. That's the <laughs> uh, Yeah, like, I think Shawn Michaels gets in there just based on how he's changed wrestling, but wait, it's, it's, it's Ric Flair, Hogan, Cena, and Shawn Michaels, right?
2: I think that's your top four. You think you, that's the Someone right is going, oh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold, i mm. I'm going to go with The Rock for his promo ability. Stone
3: Cold, Stone Cold pops, Stone Cold bumps, he bumps The Rock. The Rock was great, but Stone Cold, Stone Cold was perfect, and The Rock was gone too much. And oh, but The Rock with those bits with the Hurricane was, was so, so fantastic. Good. They're so good. But if if you were watching the attitude era, it was Stone Cold one, one A and Rock one B, and that was the order. Uh, Stone Stone Cold would put The Rock in the dirt, and therefore he gets the victory. Um, what did I say? Oh, well, we'll, we'll oh, geez.
4: Where's Hogan?
3: Where no,
0: fuck Michael. It's Stone Cold. Hell damn it! where's the underwear taker? He's got to be somewhere around there. You need the you need the Undertaker, right? Undertaker doesn't make the top four
3: because to me, even though he's immensely talented, um, is that is a He's a gimmick
2: guy, man. Like I'm with you because he doesn't really cut good promos. Yeah, but the thing is, he made that gimmick work for twenty years. No, he did. I mean, he, but he's, he's he's the talented guy in yeah, no, ring.
3: Yeah, no, in ring. That dude's like a seven, like a, what, a legit six foot ten guy who does yeah. like fucking suicidas. Yeah, uh, legit, my dude. But it's like, it's like I would, uh, man, I hate Shawn Michaels so much. So I'm always like trying to lower him. <laughs> I don't like him either. <laughs> here's a, here's a, if you're going to do a ranking of like most important wrestlers, I think Undertaker is above John Cena, but John Cena has been so good for so long. He's literally carried wrestling since Stone Cold in the Rock Club. That's, that's right. what, 15 years at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you, and that dude, like he, you can't friend with that guy. Uh, just, like, even if he's not the best, like he's not. Because I'd put The Undertaker above him if we were making a
0: list.
4: But the if I do wise, that, yeah. War,
3: no. you know, the Mount <laughs> are the most important. Stone Cold did Azure D'Era. He's responsible for that.
0: Yeah, that's for, all Stone Cold.
3: Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan. He's the reason why, people are, why we're talking about wrestling right now in many ways. John Cena... We'll do just WWE, so I don't have to think about Ric Flair. Ric, I think it'd be like, who's the best
2: wrestler of all time, it's Ric Flair. And yes, next, so he was in uh, WWE at the end of his career. So. Yeah, he,
0: but that was the end of his career. He did most of his work in NWA.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, in the middle, he had a great, like, uh,
3: that Royal Rumble championship. Dude, oh, dude oh, my gosh. Uh, that, I just, that, dude, that dude's so great. You knew they just wanted to make him IC champion. But they're like, we can't, we can't fucking, we can't hold
0: this guy back. He's too fucking good. I just watched that match recently with him and Macho Man Randy Savage. That was the mid-card event, made event to Sid and Hulk Hogan. It was such
2: a great
3: match.
1: Oh, my that's
3: God. So, that's wow. so dumb that they weren't like, maybe we should make the main event. <laughs> I don't know, guys. A Sid, Sid is, looks pretty great, right? Like, man, I know you guys like tall guys, but that's a tall guy with a perm. And, like, you can't, that's just how it is. Like Sid, <laughs> you can put him up there. He's got a little vest on. It doesn't make any sense. That guy sense. cuts great promos And he's. A, he's. Yes. He's a, some guy from like Sid meyer
0: that you know down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about So, I guess he can barely speak, but he is a really great uh, softball player. I don't know if you're aware of that.
3: <laughs> I don't know, is that right?
0: World class <laughs> softball player.
3: Did you know, did you know that Braun Strowman's dad at one point was like the home run king of semi-pro <laughs> softball? Really?
4: No. Wow, Does that shock you
3: at all though? That Daddy was a big softball guy. Big I can see that.
4: League,
3: oh, I believe it too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Braun Strowman can put a couple out of the park, man.
0: All right. Now, if you're talking WWE, okay, just WWE, this is just me speaking here. This is, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I agree it okay, is yeah. hulk hogan because like Kyle said you have to have hogan i'm i'm going to i'm going to say macho man randy savage just 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 for the way the guy was able to work with anybody and he made everybody look good everybody look good okay he made every, he made everybody look good and i'm going to say and he's not even a wrestler god rest his soul i'm going to say bobby the brain heenan so bobby well, yeah, the brain heenan was a wrestler you need you, well, you, back in the day
3: Bobby is the Ric Flair of of commentary guys. at
0: I mean, Uh, because every year, every year at WrestleMania, it was Hulk Hogan versus Bobby Heenan Stooge. Bobby Heenan's goal was to defeat Hulk Hogan. He was the main bad guy. He was the main, he was Dr. Doom of WWE like okay. he he was the the taskmaster it was all about defeating hogan he wanted to stop hulkamania whether if it was king kong bundy whether it was paul orndorff whether if it was andre the giant i mean he always
4: was john one of his
0: big john stud was one of his guys too yeah. so, but it was always bobby the brain without bobby the brain hogan and i don't think hogan is, achieves what he's able to do okay i'm
2: gonna go just, hogan it's just
4: me
0: I would disagree. By
3: the, by the way, Jimmy Hart was the exact same thing for Jerry Lawler. That's USA. true.
2: Yeah, true. Jimmy Hart was awesome,
0: though. He was. Yeah, he, had,
2: he, had, he cut great promos. And he, he's
0: a great songwriter. He, he was a songwriter. Well,
4: Jimmy great Hart seems like a scratch, but. <laughs> yeah, He does seem like a Let's be capable? <laughs> yeah, he could do
2: it. Kevin goes
3: to his Mount Rushmore wrestling.
2: I would go with Hogan. For me, it's Warrior because I. Oh, God, garbage! He's terrible. He's terrible, but as a kid, I loved him because oh, no one right, was that right. big. Like it was crazy. I was like, "That save? crazy, huge. Where'd you, where'd you save the that's different. All right. Yeah, so that's it's. I'm just. I'm. I'm gonna go ravishing Rick Root. Nobody ever goes Rick Root. I love Rick Rude. I love Rick Rick Rude, Rude is amazing, dude. Think Rick about no. Like, uh, oh, um, go ahead. His, who was
3: who was that Denver running back that won like two titles and retired? Uh, Terrell what Davis. I'm talking about Terrell Davis. Yeah. yeah. Rick Rick Rude is the Terrell Davis <laughs> of wrestling. Two short of a career. <laughs> Was a bright star while it happened. Ended too soon. He did uh, managerial work that was great. Yes. He did commentary for ECW that was great. Love Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Great mustache.
0: Think about think about that and think about that WCW not the WW. Think about that WWE mid card group there because you've got Mister Perfect, you've got Rick Rude, you've got the honky tonk, you've got the honky tonk man. You've got I mean like these are great wrestlers that just couldn't get that next level because Hogan was just keeping everybody down. Well, you
2: know, at that time, it was Hogan and Michaels keeping it? That's a lot of keeping. Down. I mean,
0: Mister Perfect was an amazing wrestler. That guy that was, was
2: really, probably of one of the best. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, because just especially talent wise,
0: but never in ring. Never came close to sniffing
2: that title. Never. So that that's 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 Hogan Warrior Rude, and I'm gonna go Jake Snake because that's he, another guy that's another big dude that was fantastic he changed the game because he was he was a bad guy forever and then they turned him into a face and people went with it like it was so crazy it was like the nikita turn i thought that that was awesome in wcw the nikita turn just threw me as a kid i was like i legit thought this dude we talk about this a lot of War pros but i we both legit thought this dude was russian
0: as a yes kid. i did i did <laughs> i bought that cape hook line and sink I Kyle I met him as an adult and he wasn't Russian and I was like, I had no idea. And he's like, Man, you're an idiot. I was like, I'm cool with that. Like,
4: um, <laughs> well, all right.
3: <laughs> Undertaker's just a regular guy too. He wasn't he's not yeah. like a dark spirit. He's not
1: he's
0: not an American badass. <laughs>
3: Well, he might be not anymore. I think he's like held together with paper sticks and <laughs> fucking scotch tape.
0: Yeah, he almost I dies bet. after every match.
3: I bet every every time he walks is just like.
2: <laughs> Let me go get a soda. That's what wrestling does to your body. Yeah, it's not good. It's
0: tough. It's tough. That's what kind. Con- that's what comics will do to your heart.
2: Yeah, it will. Maybe, maybe. I'm maybe um, not. I love the hopefulness. That's great. Yes, that's Kyle that's Starks, good. here.
0: Yeah. Kyle Starks. You're a great guy. I love you dearly. We could do this every week if you wanted to, my friend. You're you're fantastic.
3: All right, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate of, it. Of uh, course. course. Kyle, everywhere on social media, rocking mountains and stories right now. Dead of winter, Rick, Rick and Morty every month. My sex castle, Eyes are nominated. Kill them all from only press. So many comics, so good. <laughs> Where do we find you on Twitter? The Kyle Starks. I'm the same everywhere. Go to Facebook, the Kyle Starks. If you go to there Patreon. You. Do not. It's, it's just Kyle Starks. But you just want to give me a dollar. You'll find me. Just give me that dollar. Go to Patreon and give him a dollar. Give him that yeah. dollar, son. I'm just
2: uh, Instagram the Kyle Starks. I hope. I don't know. I don't pay and, and and you can also get a pin with his face on it because I have one and it's not anymore.
3: My- someone stole it out of my car. Someone stole the whole bag. <gasps> Are you yes? kidding? I'm not kidding. Someone stole all of my display stuff and those pins.
0: I'm those- so sad. So, you're, so wait a minute. So you're telling me there's someone going around the country pretending to be Kyle Starks? <laughs>
3: Probably, probably not. Probably not. It's like, I don't know what they did with those pins. It's a tough call, right? But they had like all of my like my shelving for my table, and like I this, someone in this neighborhood who's like their dad's penthouse is like their display is great, like, I was just, like just like looking great in the living room on these beautiful shelvings I had. I'm so but sad I, I, now. I know. I assume the pins went in the trash. It's a, it's unfortunate.
0: Now, if I stole all your stuff, I would just go around pretending to be you. That, that's I the, would sell me. it on eBay I, as I, somebody else. I would live my life that way. Who are you? I'm Kyle Starks. I have a giant bear that
4: has I my name it on it. I would sell it to Michaels to piss
2: him off
0: more. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm looking to bring me out to your
3: shows. I might, I might bring you on as like, uh, as like the fake, the fake Kyle Starks, Bob. How's your bill How's your beard skills? You know what? <sighs>
4: It'll are, be are
3: anywhere between me and Kevin. Can you get between no. like, like let's say I'm a six and Kevin's a nine? Can you get like a second app?
0: <laughs> I may have to go. Uh, no, I can't. I might have to go stage beard or something. <laughs>
3: stage beard. No one will buy it unless you got the beard. That's ah, the
0: beard. All right, well, let me work on it. Let me work on it. And we can work on this angle. I could be the other Sting or the other Ultimate Warrior. That would be awesome. <laughs>
3: that would be, that would be... And then and then at San Diego in three years, when I'm up for the Eisners we'll do a run in. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> you know, Kyle Starks. Oh, no. <laughs> you've been saying
0: Eisner nominated. <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing
4: it right now. Who
0: are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Kyle Starks as I got the banner and the pins to prove it,
4: brother. You just
2: get like 10 people uh, to stand up in the audience. I'm Kyle Starks. <laughs> that would be great. Now I, great, great. Now my ego
3: just wants a Spartacus moment. That's all I <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: what I need.
3: 30 hard enough for me to get through a day, my dudes. Now it's like, taking it up one. <laughs> Spartacus. All right, guys. Hey, everyone find me.
0: That was Kyle Starks. Wonderful guy. Great interview. And I said it went a little long, but you don't mind when you're talking to Kyle Starks when things go long, because, man, he's just so much fun to talk to. If he's at any show that you're at, make sure you go over and see him. He is just the best he's the best uh, follow him on twitter follow him on facebook just get as much kyle starks in your life as you possibly can and that's the podcast for the week thank you so much for listening thank you for kyle starks for coming on and we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the word bros you're listening to the word bros podcast the WordBros.com.